let's say let's give him some praise let's exalt the name above every name tonight hallelujah hallelujah come on let's give him praise come on let's give him praise come on it feels good to give jesus praise the praise that he's worthy of hallelujah we exalt you jesus we magnify you there is no god like our god praise god praise god amen let's give the lord one more a great big hand clap of praise in jesus wonderful name hallelujah it is good to be in the house of the lord it's good to see brother Devin bryant in the house of the lord good to see you my friend we love you amen i saw him walking the back door and i just got a big old smile on my face amen it's good to see you in the house of the lord we want to make a few um uh, announcement adjustments I, I meant to put on there um, that the ladies galentines will be at brother and sister machado's house and if you plan on going please sign up with my wife sisterhood she'll make sure that she gets you all locked in and you're going to be blessed every year the ladies are blessed they're so blessed I, i'm just mad i can't come for the food and the desserts so but don't worry, I make sure she brings me something left over, and I'll be blessed by it. So you want to make sure that you put that in your calendars, and, uh, and it'll be a great time in Jesus' name. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. I love the, the Spirit of God that I feel. If you have your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. The word of the Lord declares this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break forth through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the uni unification, unified, solely focused if your eye be focused on one thing your body shall be full of light but if your eye be evil divided duplistic he said your whole body shall be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in you be darkness how great is that darkness no man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus is giving us an example that maybe for us we would go, well, what is mammon? Well, they understood exactly what that was. That was a false deity of materialism and he is letting them know you cannot have divided worship amen and we're gonna we're gonna continue on in our series holy habits part seven we're gonna talk about fidelity everybody say fidelity amen let's set down our bibles let's pray all across this building let's pray that god would touch us today Hallelujah, Lord, we've come to store up and to invest our treasures in heaven. Lord, we've come to put our hearts and put our lives in heaven, God. And I'm praying tonight that you would touch us, that you would speak to us. God, that you would help this to become part of who we are, Lord, that it would come out in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
Last week, we talked about spiritual investments. And when we look through the scriptures, to give a quick recap, we must look at this when Jesus says, don't lay up treasures on earth where there is corruption, where it decays, where it can be stolen, where it can depreciate. As we said last week, don't make a bad investment. And everything that we do and everything that we are, we are investing. We are involving ourselves in our time, our talents, and our treasures. It is an investment. And Jesus is letting us know that it is not wise for us to treasure the treasures of earth. We are to invest our treasures and to stockpile our treasures in the heavenly kingdom, not on the earthly kingdom. In other words, it is wrong for us to treasure the treasures, for us to put such a high value upon the things of this earth that we miss out on what's really important. We as the people of God have got to let the word of God give us our value system. Amen. We've got to let God be the one to dictate what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. We need to let God show us what is valuable and what is not valuable. We need the Lord to help us as people, every one of us from the pulpit all the way back to the back door. We all need the Holy Ghost to reveal unto us what really matters. Hallelujah. You know, we've got a, we've got a lot of things that we think matter in life. We think that, uh, that, that money matters until we lose our health. Hallelujah. We think that our, our, uh, that, 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 that our good looks matter until we, get, until we get older and we realize that that only sm played a small part in our lives. Amen. Because there's always something that is more valuable than that which we are looking at in the moment. Because those things fade away and phase out. But there are some things that are invaluable. There are some things that, that they retain and they hold on to a greater value. You know, uh, this is a great, uh, for anybody looking to get out of taxes, this is a great way to get out of taxes. You invest in art. <laughs> because art, art is, is one of those things that uh, it is worthless, unless you love art, but yet it's invaluable. Art has no intrinsic value. There's nothing that it does for you. But yet people invest lots of money into it because that art becomes timeless. It becomes invaluable. And it can appreciate with time based on the value that I put onto it. Amen. But when we let the Lord speak to us and show us the correct value system that we should have, he helps us to recognize the things that are truly invaluable. The things that we have on earth are not what's really valuable. They're the things on heaven. They're things that when you lose your health, amen, you realize that family really matters. You realize that your walk with God really matters. Everybody, when they're healthy and everything's going well, they, they could say, well, I, I enjoy this. I love that. You know, uh, I've got siblings that just love football. They love the 49ers and all these other teams, and they, and they give themselves over it. They go hog wild over it. And uh, when they're doing well, when they're healthy, that is the most important thing happening on the weekend. But if they were on their deathbed, they could care less about how the team's doing because it puts things in perspective when we consider heaven. When we consider heaven, it puts all of life into perspective. We realize that man's days are but a few and they're full of trouble. We only have so many times around the sun before we enter into eternity. And when we have put all of our investment and all of our stock into things that depreciate, into things that fade, we have missed it by a million miles. We have got to make sure we let God adjust our value system. To the things that are eternal and not things that are temporal. Once we have the appropriate value system, we start making investments into the system that we value the most. This is what Jesus said. We didn't have time last week to get into it. He said, "For your where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
Jesus drew the conclusion that you can only have your treasure and your heart in one place. Hallelujah. We cannot store up treasure on earth and treasure in heaven at the same time. Amen. Again, we're talking about value system. We cannot say we value heaven and yet all of our investment is going to things on this earth. Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Let me help us understand this today. Heart placement follows treasure placement. Heart placement follows spiritual investment. Your heart follows your treasure. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Hallelujah. I know people that got it all backwards. They say stuff like follow your heart. Amen. If you want to really follow your heart, then put your treasure where you want your heart to be, and that's how you follow your heart. Uh, amen. Because the true story is if you follow your investment, you'll find your heart. Because you can't have your investment in one place and your heart be in another. Amen. I, I'm going to get into this here tonight. If you want your heart to be in heaven, you must start investing in heaven. Hallelujah. I know people, they want to walk on streets of gold, but they have a trouble walking on the carpet of the church. Hey, pastor came to play today. I know people, they want to they walk by the crystal sea, but on Sunday they're on their fishing boat. You can't walk on the crystal sea and walk by the crystal sea if you're too busy fishing in the sea. You got a divided fidelity. You got a divided heart. You, I want to worship the Lord for all of eternity, but when they are playing the song, you can't even lift up your hands. I want to tell you, you have not stored treasures in heaven that way. Well, I, I want to just worship the Lord, and yet I don't like that song. I, it, well, my, oh man, my arthritis is kicking up because it's wintertime. Hey, listen, I'm starting to feel what the weather is going to be next week. I'm getting there. You know, some folks, they know what the weather is next year. I'm getting there to where I know what it is next week, so it's not going to snow. It's going to be all right. Praise God. But, but there's some people, they, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. And the truth is that when the time comes for them to do it in the most subtle, simple way, they can't do it. It's, it's like, oh, I'll die for Jesus, but they can't live for Jesus. When they start lopping off heads. Oh, I'll be there ready to not take the mark of the beast, but yet they will not take the mark of Christ, amen, in baptism. You ain't ready for this, hallelujah, because when you want your heart, amen, to be in heaven, you got to make investments in heaven. It starts in the simplistic. It's, it's not always, you see, so many people get it messed up because they, they don't understand that everything that is in the physical has a spiritual representation to it. Everything that is going on, that's why the Bible says that the earth is groaning, it is travailing. Why? Why is the earth itself, the physical earth, always churning? Why is it in the last days that it's going to be earthquakes in diverse places and all sorts of natural disasters? Because what's happening in the natural, it's trying to represent something spiritual. It is letting us know that just like it's happening in the natural, that something is happening in the spiritual where the earth itself is desiring the manifestation of the sons of God on earth. Hallelujah. So when we look at it, it's like, well, Lord, I want to do these great eternal things. And yet when it comes time to invest the temporal things, I've got a challenge there. Well, I, I just can't wait to be with God for all eternity. And then prayer meeting comes up and it's like, well, I'm tired today. Eternity, if you think you're going to enjoy eternity and you don't like church, you, man, the Bible says when, when John saw a heaven, new heaven and new earth, he saw it was like the sound of many waters. Well, I don't like the church. It's too loud. You don't want to go to heaven. Because <laughs> we just warming up down here. We just, we just practicing what we're going to do on the other side. Well, I don't like the church. They just worship too much. Well, then don't go to heaven. Because if you think that we worship too much here when we are not even face-to-face -face with him. See, you think I'm wild down here, but that's me seeing through a glass darkly. It's through tinted windows. I just see Jesus through tinted windows. But just you wait until I see him face-to-face. -face. Because when I see him face-to-face... -face, you think I lost my mind on earth. Wait till I get to heaven. But brothers and sisters, 
if I'm going to worship God in heaven with exuberance, I refuse to worship God lethargically here on earth. You can lie to others. You can lie to yourself, but you cannot lie to God. Only you and God know whether you're really giving it your all. Whether or not you have got your investment in the proper place or not. Oh, man, I just, man, I just love the kingdom of God. I love the church. But they push the offering plate around. It's like, well, give it to the next guy. <laughs> I don't want the lights to stay on. I, I want you to pay for the lights to stay on. But I don't want to pay for the lights to stay on. You know it. I let somebody else do that, but listen, listen, you can say all day, well, I love the church, I love the church, I love the church, but you don't show up to church, you don't love the church. <laughs> I have people tell me, oh, pastor, that was a great sermon, and I don't see him the next service. I thought, man, it must not have been a great sermon. Uh, well, pastor, I love you, but then when it comes time for Bible study, I didn't see him around. I'm just having fun here tonight, but I'm being honest because I feel like sometimes, uh, at least here's where I err. I err on the side of being too nice to people. Uh, and, and sometimes niceness hinders the ability to tell somebody the truth. But the truth is, if you really want your heart to be in heaven, you got to start doing something with your heart here on earth. Before you do eternal things, you got to do some temporal things. Before you dance on streets of gold, you got to dance on dirty carpet. Before you, before you serve God for all of eternity, you got to learn to serve God here on earth. Before you go to heaven and you stand before Him and you say, "Man, this is awesome," and He says, "Well done," you got to be here in the temporal on earth where He's saying, "Well do." Hallelujah! I hope this is all right tonight. Before we ever get a well done, we gotta we gotta start with a well do, which means I gotta do something in the temporal and in the temporary. If I want my heart to be in heaven, I gotta start making temporary and temporal investments here on earth. Amen. This is why some people. Well, why does it matter if I repent? Amen. That's such a small act. I'll tell you what it is. That small act is also an eternal act. You gotta repent. You gotta repent here on earth. Amen. In order for you to make it to heaven. Uh, well, well, why does it matter? Why does God care? Because God is giving us a small period of time. I know 80, if we're lucky, 80-something years, 90 years is a long time. Uh, but in light of eternity, that's nothing. That is nothing. It's not even a blink. It's not even a, a blip on the map. And so what God is really giving us is he's giving us a very short test. Amen. I want, you, I want to just give everybody, when we were in school, we had this. Uh, uh, they, they'd pull out a pop quiz. I hated pop quizzes. And then there was times where they just said, hey, there will be a quiz on Friday. I want you to know there's no pop quizzes. <laughs> the quiz is today. Amen. And the quiz is tomorrow. And you can study for it. And you can prepare for it. And you can get ready for it. And every single day you're in a test because eternity is coming. And what you are doing with your time, it matters in eternity, but it matters today too. What you do with your talents, it matters in eternity, but it matters today. What you do in the small, what seemingly is insignificant in this current moment, you are investing your treasure. You are investing your treasures, your time, your talents. All of those things that are temporary and temporal have have eternal impact. I know people, they want, man, they get so spiritually minded, they're no earthly good, float out in the clouds. Uh, but when it comes time to do some simple things, they lose their mind. Man, they can prophesy, but they can't apologize. Hallelujah. They can speak in tongues, but they gossip. There's all sorts of challenges that we've got to deal with while we're here on earth because this is the test. Amen. If we want our treasure to be in heaven, we got to start by investing our treasures in heaven. If we want our heart to be towards God, we must invest our time, our talents, and our treasure towards the things of God. Amen. It, Jesus speaking, and he's saying this, it is not so much the disciples' wealth that Jesus is concerned with, but he's concerned with their fidelity. Everything in this this, this walk with God is about our relationship with God. It's all about fidelity. Now, fidelity is a word we don't use very often anymore. Fidelity simply means faithfulness to a person, a cause, or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. Fidelity is something that is important in every single relationship. It is an indicator of the value and the trust both partners place in the relationship. The value system, again, the value that we put in the relationship. 
We don't use this word fidelity as much anymore in English. The closest word that we have is a word called loyalty. Everybody say loyalty. Although we use terms like loyalty and fidelity interchangeably, fidelity is a much deeper form of loyalty. Fidelity is what we call covenant language. Everybody say covenant language. That's kingdom language. Amen. Loyalty is business language. I, I get why we use that. We're used to contracts and obligations. We use, we use contractual, amen, obligatory language. We use business language. We use banking language. We use contract-based language. Fidelity exhibits loyalty, but you can be loyal without exhibiting fidelity. Amen. When you have fidelity, you're also loyal, but you can be loyal without exhibiting fidelity. When we are loyal, we bind ourselves to a person, a group, or a leader, or a nation, or whatever we are binding ourselves to uh, by contract. When we practice fidelity on the other side, we bind ourselves not just to the person, the thing, or whatever it is, but we bind ourselves to the ideals of that person, place, thing. Fidelity asks us to keep our promises. Fidelity is faithfulness to vows and duties. Here's a big difference between loyalty and fidelity. Loyalty follows through on selective. Everybody say selective. Selective expressions of concerns for that individual or relationship or whatever you fill in the blank that you are loyal to. Whatever is contractual. Amen. If you've ever signed a contract, it is telling you all the things you need to do in the contract or you'll get sued. I don't know. What is it about America? We just love suing people. When in doubt, sue them. Amen. We, it used to be where you'd fall down on ice and you'd be like, oh, man, I fell down on ice. And you'd get up, you go to the hospital, whatever you got to do. But now it's like you fall down on ice and you start looking at where you fell. Man, you look around, you're like, ah, oh, I fell in front of their house. Time to sue their insurance. Amen. It used to be where you get a cup of coffee and uh, it's all good. But then you get a cup of coffee, you spill it on yourself, and now you sue McDonald's for millions of dollars. Now I get it. It was scalding hot. I've, I've done the, the research on it. It was scalding hot. They shouldn't have had it that hot. However, uh, it's hot. We don't need to put caution. It's hot. We know it's hot. It's coffee. It's supposed to be hot. And so, so it's, it's just something about America. We want to sue because uh, there is a breach of contract. But there's also things in the contract where you can get out. I'm coming for somebody tonight. When you live in a contractual loyalty, you have ways where you do this and you don't have to do that. You just live based on the contract. Well, you know, you ever get a job and, well, can you do this? Can you stay at this time? Can you do this, that, and the other? Well, that's not in my contract. That's not in my job description. I, I work with people like this. I, I know some folks, you work with people like this. Well, that's not in my job description. I just asked if you could take out the trash. I mean, I know your job description is like CEO, but can you just help me with the trash EO? You know, just do something. So, uh, but that's not my job. That's not in my contract. And, 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 and we take this through our lives, and we start dealing with other people like this. It's, it, whether it's in the contract, what do I have to do? What can I get away with? What are the loopholes in the contract? You know, there's lawyers right now that their whole job is dependent on finding loopholes. Amen. I, I think I'd be a great lawyer. Hallelujah. I'd look for those loopholes so I can fill them up. Amen. But they look for the loopholes so they can exploit them. Uh, and so they're looking for these loopholes so they can get around it. And that is the problem with just living in a loyalty-based relationship. Fidelity, in contrast, takes satisfaction in living up to principles, commitments, and the ideals of the relationship. Now, we like to talk about people, this person's a pessimist, this person's an optimist, this person's a realist, this person. But I found there's a new one. This person's an idealist. You ever met an idealist? They don't live in the real world. They live in what could be, this fantasy, fantasy world that is that of what should be. Amen. Now, I think those people are powerful. You need to have people like that in your life that can always point to the ideal of this is what should be, but you also need to have some friends that can pull you back to reality of what is. Uh, but there's people, they only live, well, this is how people should drive. This is how people should do this. This is how people should live. This is how, and they've got this great ideal. You know, the Bible is full of the ideal. It is always pointing us upward. It is always pointing us forward. It is always pointing us into a greater direction. Amen. We've got to have ideal. 
ideals. But did you know that even in your walk with God, there are some ideals out there. Now, in the realism, I'm a realist. In the realism world, you aren't living up to the ideal, and neither am I. Let's just be real for a moment. Hallelujah. I know some folks say, well, not me, Pastor. I live up to God's ideal. You are the only one I know of. Amen. Because the rest of us, we are not living up to God's ideal. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen a little bit short of the biblical ideal. Amen. But yet, that doesn't change the fact that there is an ideal. And when we live in a contractual, obligatory lifestyle and relationship with God, we look at all the loopholes of how I can get out of it. This was the challenge with the Jews of Jesus' day. In fact, it's a challenge with the Jews today. Uh, you could ask the Jews, well, why don't you celebrate this? And why don't you celebrate that feast? And why don't you do sacrifice anymore? You know what they'll say? Well, we don't have a temple anymore. We found a way out of the contract. Amen. But God does not want us to live based on just loyalty and just based on contract, uh, where we only do that which is what we have selected as an expression of concern. Uh, but God has called us, amen, to look towards uh, the things that are the principle, the things that we make commitments on, and the ideals, what is the best version of this relationship, and we go after it with all of our heart. Hallelujah. Let me help somebody understand what I'm talking about tonight. The heart of fidelity is a word called love. While the center of loyalty is something called fear. When you breach loyalty, it results in excommunication or a breach of contract. You broke the contract, so now you're going to be liable for the contract. But fidelity is a love-based contract uh, that is declaring, I will be faithful in living up to all of the areas of the covenant. Uh, I will do it my best. Uh, it is saying, uh, out of my love, I am going to look uh, for every avenue where I can be in the right will of God. Uh, I'm going to look for every avenue uh, where I can do uh, what this love contract is asking of me, where this covenantal relationship is asking of me. Let me help everybody understand this. Let's break it down. My wife asked me to take out the trash. Happens often. I'm the trash man. Hallelujah. I'm pastor here, but I'm the garbage man at home. Uh, my brother's over there. You the garbage man too? All right, cool. Just making sure we're all waste management. Just making sure. Hallelujah. But uh, my wife asked me to take out the trash, and I'm living in a loyal, contractual, obligatory mindset in our relationship, this is what I would ask. Is this a divorce issue? I'm coming for somebody tonight. Well, she'd be taking it back. We don't use the word. That's the, that's, you know what? You could say every other cuss word in our house. We'll forgive you and pray for you. We don't use that word. We don't use the word divorce. That's for free. Because if it's not a word, if it doesn't exist, it's not an option. Hallelujah. That's, well, you know, previous generations, they used to fix things when they broke. But this generation, we just throw them away. It's disposable. Everything's disposable. Amen. So when I, if I'm living in a, in a contractual, obligatory relationship with my wife, uh, I'd say, she'd say, can you mow the lawn? It's getting a little long. And I'd look at her and I'd say, is this a divorce issue? She'd say, no, it's, it's not a divorce issue. Why do we have to go all the way? Then I'm not doing it. Well, can you... Can you, can you go grab some groceries? Is this a divorce issue? No, it's not. Well, I'm not doing it. I promise you eventually it's going to be a divorce issue. <laughs> what have I said? I love my wife, but I never come home. I love my wife, but I spend time with another lady. Now, I don't do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know a lot of folks that they fell to that. We don't do that. Man, we got some rules in our life. We keep up there. But, but I, I, I could look at her and say, well, I didn't cheat. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't leave me up here by myself. I know this is too real uh, because when we start applying this, it's going to be a whole lot different. Uh, I may be loyal to my wife because I didn't cheat, but am I showing her fidelity? No, I'm not. I'm avoiding breaking the contract by staying loyal but I'm not showing her fidelity in my actions towards her. Hallelujah. She may not have contractual grounds for divorce because I didn't break any contract, but I sure am a devil to live with. 
Hallelujah. And I'm not showing any love, and I'm not showing any grace, and I'm not showing any mercy. Uh, amen. This is the same way when somebody says, well, I love God, but they don't invest their time, talents, and treasures towards God. They are loyal to God because, uh, amen, they are fulfilling what they see as contractual obligations, but they are not showing fidelity towards God because they love God just like they love their car. You notice how in, the, in America everything's love? I love my car. I love Dutch bros. I love old world. I love, I love, I love my dog. I love my cat. I love, I love my spouse. I love my church. I love my God. Eventually, the word love starts losing its value because we start loving everything. Well, well, well here, here's, here's this. I, I, I love God, Pastor. I love God, but I also love my house. And I, I love God, but I also love my hobbies. And I love God. They've not forsaken all others for the one. I love my wife, but I never come home. I'm still in contract. Amen. But I'm not loving her with the fidelity that God has called me to. Uh, I, I love God, but I ain't coming to church. Uh, I love God, uh, but, but I'm not going to worship like that. I love God, uh, but, uh, but, but just keep that plate of passing uh, unless I can break a 20. Uh, you just, I love God, uh, but don't ask me to do nothing for God. Uh, I love God, but don't ask me to take out the trash. Uh, I love God, but don't ask me to do anything above and beyond my contractual obligation. Uh, I repented of my sins. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm just waiting till one glad morning, uh, amen, when I fly away and get up out of here uh, and I can finally get God to give me what's coming to me, uh, all the good things he promised to me. Uh, but while I'm here on the temporary, uh, don't ask me to do nothing. Uh, don't ask me to contribute nothing. Uh, I just want to love God based on a contract, uh, amen, that he died to get me out of hell. Woo, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's lift up. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody here in the house of the Lord uh, that's been living for God based only on contract, uh, that you think Jesus just came to get you up out of hell. I want to tell you, he didn't come to just get you out of hell. He came to get you into a, a covenant relationship. I'm coming for somebody tonight because I've got to help uh, because there's folks that they live for God based on just contract and loyalty. Well, I'm loyal to God. I'm loyal to the church. But anytime it steps beyond just what the contract lists, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, hold on. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I've never, had, I've never had a conversation with my wife that said, okay, uh, what, what is the least that I can do so you won't divorce me? Where's the line of the contract? Is there a loophole where I can get away with it and you still stay with me? You're laughing, but it's true. It, it's, it's funny until we start taking into our walk with God, and then we start realizing that's exactly how we live for God. We live for God based on, now let me phrase that, some people, not we. We are right. We live for God right now. We in church, hallelujah. We're, we're worshiping God together. But there's some folks, they live for God like this. Uh, they live for God based on what can I get away with and still go to heaven? Uh, what can I get away with and not go to hell? Uh, what do I got to do uh, where I can avoid all the punishment and yet still obtain all of the blessings uh, that come along with the kingdom? Uh, that's like saying, what do I got to do, uh, amen, so we can stay married uh, and I get all the benefits from marriage on your end, uh, but I don't provide any of the benefits on my end. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not obligated uh, to pay no bills. I'm not obligated uh, by any contract. Uh, I've just got one obligation, and that's not to find somebody else. But I want to tell you, if we don't live for God with the right heartbeat, with the right mindset, we've missed it by a million miles. So Jesus in this house. I mean, I, I, it's important for us to not just live based on contract with God, but we have got to forsake all others. Jesus said, you can't, you can't serve two masters because you're going to prefer one over the other. You're going to love one more than the other. I got a question for us here tonight to check our fidelity. What does your heart beat for? I could put it this way. Who does your heart beat for? When we really consider it, what do you think about? What do you talk about? What do you dream about? What do you search the internet about? What do you talk to your friends about? 
Give me five minutes with somebody. I'll tell you what they're about. Come on. Doesn't take a rocket science. You give me five minutes with somebody, I'll tell you what they're interested in. You give me five minutes with a sports star, they'll tell me what their team is. They even got a jersey with their name on it. But they've never been on the field. Really, this is the question, church. It's a simple question. Because when God shows up, he is saying, if your eye be single, undivided, he said, then your, then your undivided eye can be filled with light. In other words, if I am showing fidelity towards my wife, it's not just, oh, I just don't have another girlfriend. It's I got eyes only for that woman right there. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, pastor, I didn't go to another church this week, but you didn't come to this one either. I didn't cheat on her. But you scroll through Instagram on a bunch of women that weren't your wife. You got eyes for somebody else. I, I know that maybe this is too real, too, too solid for somebody. But I really want to help us. God wants singularity of the heart. That's all he's looking for. You can't serve two. Because, you, you, well, you could be so passionate about I, I don't know why I'm off on fishing. You know what? If you like fishing, I'm not going after you. You can be so passionate about fishing that all of your energy is spent and all your time, talents, and treasures are spent in fishing, and yet uh, you can say all you want with your mouth, I love God more than anything, but the truth is that if we were to look at your calendar, it would prove otherwise because there's more fishing dates than God dates. If we looked at your bank account, there's more money spent on the fishing than there is in the kingdom of God. If we were to look at where you have invested your talents, you've invested all of your talents uh, learning how to cast the perfect reel and pull it back. Uh, amen. Instead of learning a way uh, to be used in the kingdom of God. I, I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. I already talked about that last week. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies and all those things. But it's like, it's like this. There's nothing wrong with having possessions, but there's a big thing wrong with possessions having you. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies, but there's something wrong when the hobby has you. There's nothing wrong with having a job, but there's a problem when the job has you. There's nothing wrong with having a full calendar, but it's when the full calendar has you. When all of a sudden, amen, when it comes to a scale, I can say with my mouth, I love God more than anything, but the moment something else that I value more comes in my life, amen, I go straight to that instead. Uh, amen, I love God, Pastor. Uh, I'd love to believe that, and I believe that about everybody in this building, uh, but only only you and God will really know uh, because if you and God took inventory and looked at your time and looked at your calendar and took a look at who gets use of your talents first uh, and took a look at who gets your money first and took a look at who gets your investment, amen, Jesus said where your treasure is, uh, that's where your heart will be. Hallelujah. Amen, Pastor. I love God. But if we were to inspect for a moment these areas of life, it would tell a different story. It is easy to talk the talk, but brothers and sisters, it's a whole lot harder to walk the walk. Amen. I say it. Amen. I love God with all my heart. And brothers and sisters, I want to mean it. I want to mean it. I want to mean it. I want to say I love the church, but I want to mean it. I want to mean it. I want to mean it. But it goes beyond the bare minimums of life. We've got to do an inventory. But what if, what if you've done the inventory and you found out your heart is not really towards God based on your actions? What if you've done the inventory and you said, my investment doesn't line up with what I just said. I love God. You know, there's a man in the Bible that did that. His name is Peter. He said, listen, Lord, I love you more than all these jokers. They are going to leave you. But even if you go to the death, Brother Diaz, I'll die with you. Brother, that is a, that is a tall order. <laughs> Again, people love the extreme and the radical, but they don't know how to handle the monotony. Amen. Because a great, a great marriage is, is not just in the extremes. It's in taking out the trash. 
And a great walk with God is not just in the shout and the huckabuck on Sunday. It's on the Monday morning when you make it up in your mind, I'm going to put God first. It's on, amen, it's when nobody else is around where you have the option to do something other than what you said on Sunday and you make it up in your mind, I'm going to live for the Lord in this very moment. Uh, Peter, he said with all of his voice, he said, oh, I love you more than anybody else. Uh, I, I am so committed to you, Jesus, that even if they tried to kill us, we'd die together. Not even death would support would, would, would separate us. Uh, we would be together to the very end. Uh, and yet we all have heard the story uh, that in the moment of test and trial, uh, amen, when they said, surely you're one of the disciples, you were with Jesus. He said, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, you must have me confused with somebody else. Said, no, 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 no. You were, you're a Galilean. You were with him. I, I saw you in the crowd. And Peter said, oh, no, you, you didn't see me. And uh, they said, no, your speech is betraying you. You sound like somebody from ARC. Uh, you sound like a Christian. And he said, bleep, 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 bleep. I told you I'm not that guy. He said with one word, I love you more than anything. I'm committed. And yet when it came time to cash the check, he had some things that were not. He had insufficient funds because his actions were not lining up with his speech. Hallelujah. What do you do, Pastor? I've done the investment. I've done it. And I, I've realized man, my heart is not lining up because my actions have not lined up. What do I do? I feel like, oh my goodness, I want to, I want to have fidelity towards God. I, I, I don't want to just live a base level, contractual, obligatory lifestyle with God. Pastor, how do I get out of this? Uh, I want to tell you how you do it. Uh, it's not by saying, I love God more. Uh, amen. He comes by to Peter who's on a fishing boat, who's finally doing uh, what he really wanted to do in all this time. Uh, he's out on that fishing boat and somebody says, hey, I see Jesus. He's on the shore. And Peter dives out of the boat. And he swims to Jesus because somewhere deep and down there, he really wanted to love God with all his heart. Because I believe that if you love God or you state you love God, that there's somewhere deep down there you really do love God. Amen. But let me help somebody. To say you love God is one thing, but to have a pattern of loving God is another thing. The Bible says we are to show ourselves a pattern of good works. Uh, amen. It's not enough just have the potential. You've got to have the right pattern as well. Uh, amen. The pattern that shows. Uh, uh, let me just put it this way. Don't ever marry somebody until you see their pattern. Hallelujah. Don't, don't marry somebody until you see them mad. Don't marry somebody until you see them spend. <laughs> don't marry somebody until you see them eat. Because <laughs> you need to know. You don't marry until you find out how their parents fought. Well, if you married them and you didn't see all that, you know now. You know now. And if, well, I don't know if we made the will of God. It's the will of God now. You're going to make it work now. <laughs> Amen. I got off my train of thought. Hallelujah. It's all good. I started to feel like my pastor now. <laughs> but ultimately... I want to, oh, I want to love God with all my heart. I want to, I want to cash that check. But I got to look at the pattern. And I've got to fix the pattern. If you don't like the outcome, you got to figure out what the input is. If you don't like the answer, you got to check the equation. And he said, Lord, I love you with everything. And then he had the moment where they said, all right, time to pay up, big boy. I don't have enough money in that bank account to cash it because my pattern has not shown it. I said it in a moment of excitement. I'll never leave you. I'll always be there. I'm your most faithful servant. I'll die with you. I was so excited. We were shouting on Sunday. I made a commitment, and we were. everybody was excited. Everybody was dancing with me. But then the time to cash the check came when I was by a fire and nobody else was around. I made a commitment that I was going to live for God. I was going to clear my browser history. I was going to turn that off. I was going to delete that app. I was going to unfollow that person. Uh, but then I got lonely, and it was late. And all of a sudden it comes time to cash the check, but there's insufficient funds on the pattern. But Jesus shows back up. I love this, folks. This is the mercy. This is the mercy. The mercy shows back up. Uh, amen. And Peter shows up to Jesus, and Jesus asks him, Peter, do you love me? Now, in English, it's a poor representation of what Jesus is actually saying. There's three Greek words for love. There is eros, which is erotic love. Uh, and then there is filio, which is brotherly love or relational love, which is where we get the word fidelity, right, relational love. 
And then there's agape, which is unconditional love. Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love? I know that's what you said all that time ago. You said, Lord, I love you more than everybody. I agape you. Doesn't matter what happens, come hell or high water, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. But then the time came to cast a check, and he couldn't do it. And, and, and Peter looks back at Jesus and said, Lord, if we could read this in the Greek, this is what's really happened. I, I wish I could say that I agape you, but the truth is my pattern is not able to cash that check. That my, my investment is not enough to cash that check. But I'll tell you what, I've developed enough of an investment that my heart has followed to the place where I, I feel you. I relationally love you. I love you enough to want to have a relationship with you. I love you enough, amen, to go back into a relationship of fidelity with you, Lord. Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? Notice how it's three times. Denied him three times, now he's getting three more times to make it right. He said, Lord. You know I don't agape you, but I filio you. And finally, Jesus asked him a third time. He says, do you filio me? Is there fidelity in your life towards me? And Peter says, yes, Lord. I can cash that check. I've, I've invested in that area. I, I want to get to that agape one day. But, Lord, if we're going to be honest with where I'm at, uh, I've made it to this level where I, I have invested in my fidelity towards you, God. I, I'm not living contractually where I just got to do it, and, and I'm not living in this extreme that believes I'll do anything for God. I'll even jump out of a plane because the truth is I won't. But I can tell you where I actually live. I live right here in fidelity. I love you, God, and it's more than just contract. It's faithful love that says, Lord, I may not die for you, but Lord, I'll live for you. And I'll put my pattern to the test. Let's stand all across the building, lift up our hands. Come on, it's a holy habit to start to go out of contractual obligatory walking with God and say, Lord, I'm going to go to that next level that says, Lord, I want to love you. Amen. And I want my pattern to show it. I want to love you. And I want I want my words to show it. I want my time to show it. I want my talents to show it. I, I, Lord, and if I've missed it by a million miles, God, I'm going back to the drawing board. I'm going to change the input so I can get a better outcome. I'm going to change the equation so I can get a better answer. Somebody pray in this house. Peter, do you love me? Lord, I've, I've not loved you to that level, and I thought I did, but I would love to. He says this, get ready for this. Every time after he asked, do you love me? He gave him an action to put in practice. Church, let me help us here today. I'll do my best to never give you something that sounds really good over a pulpit but can't be applied. I've been in services like that. They tell you to jump and swing from the chandeliers. Well, what do I do on Monday morning? <laughs> Thank you. I, man, I, I, I shouted my dentures out, but what do I do now? There's other things to this. He says, yes, Peter. See, I know where you are, but I just wanted to know if you knew where you were. And finally, Peter recognized where he was. He said, all right, Peter, here's how we get your heart to the next level. Feed my sheep. What does feeding sheep have to do with loving God? Because where your treasure is, your heart follows Pastor, I, I want to love God to this level. I really do. I really do. I say it, but I want to mean it. Because I believe that's, if you're here tonight, that is your prayer. I, I have no doubt. I don't believe malice about one person in the kingdom of God. Uh, because I know if you are making the effort, it's because you really do want to love God to that level. But the pattern shows differently. So what does Jesus do? He gives them a remedy. You need to make a spiritual investment into the kingdom of God. For your heart to be in the kingdom of God. Pastor, I want to love God at that level. What do I do? Invest in the kingdom of God with your time, with your talents, with your treasures. You know, I can always tell when somebody's backsliding. They start revoking their time. They start revoking their talents. They start revoking their treasure. Not in that particular order. But I've seen it a million times. All of a sudden, it's just one service. And then it's two. Then it's three, 
Then it's the prayer meeting. Then it's the fellowship. Then it's been a month, two months, three months, four months. And the next thing you hear about them, they're not even in church at all. I've seen people do this with their giving. They stop giving. And then all of a sudden their worship starts shifting and changing. Right? They're, 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 because we forget that giving is an act of worship. It's an investment. And all of a sudden this starts changing. I've seen it a million times. I've seen people with their talents, they start revoking their talents. I can always tell when God's, uh, not, not when God's doing but when there's a shift happening in an individual in the church because they start becoming inconsequential. And what I mean by that is not that they are themselves inconsequential, but they start taking themselves out of a place of consequence. Where all of a sudden, where they were so integral, they start distancing themselves from being integral all the way, it's the sheep that wanders. It's the coin that's lost in the house. It is the sun that goes away. And it never happens in one moment. But it happens by spiritual investments being revoked, being tuned down. Come sign for worship. Uh, this is a little sore today. I'm just giving us some practicals. Uh, it's church tonight, but it's a, it's a long drive in my car that God blessed me with. But work is further, and I'll go there tomorrow. I, I got a headache, but I went to work today. I'm not, everybody that's here, you're here, so praise God. You ain't got nothing to worry about. But what I'm saying is, I've seen people do this, and it is one of the sure signs that they are walking away from where they really want their heart to be. And I've seen them put their time, their talents and treasures into their job, and then before it's all said and done, that's where their heart is. Because your heart follows your treasures, not vice versa. I've seen them get off into a hobby before it's all said and done. I, I got a, a guy back in my home church, really big into hunting. We got some hunters in the house of the Lord. Nothing wrong with hunting. Praise God. Shoot some duck. Amen. Shoot a deer. You'd be a blessed. God bless you. Amen. You shoot an elk. Bring me a steak. God bless you. <laughs> but I, this one brother, he was good at hunting. Brother was good. So he thought, I'm going to get me a GoPro. I'm going to start recording my videos. But, you know, the best hunting, everybody knows the best hunting is on Sunday. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> the ducks just know it's Sunday's the day to go out, right? They just know uh, that right at 1.30 on Sunday, that's the time that the ducks are like, Brother Troy ain't going to be here. <laughs> so he's going to sneak up on them and miss out on Sunday because the ducks know. The fish know. Wednesday night at 7. Prayer meeting, don't be there on Tuesday. Being facetious. What's happening? And I see this man all of a sudden just invest more money into equipment, guns, ammo, gear. Guy even got sponsored. Living the dream. The problem is he was such an integral part of the church, so importantly being used of God, but he started making investments in other areas. Can you believe it? That's where his heart was ending up. Because your heart follows your treasures. Your treasures don't follow your heart. So how do I get back? Invest in the kingdom of God with your time, your talents, and your treasures. I've never seen a successful marriage that did not spend time together. Man, we're just so in love. I've seen her once this year. I've never seen a successful marriage that didn't share their strengths. You're weak? Get up on your own. <laughs> no. Strengthen each other. I've never seen a successful marriage that's stingy. This is mine. My money. This is my day off. Mow your own grass. <laughs> Take out your own trash. It's not in the contract. You stay on your side of the bed. Don't touch me. I'm having fun. You laughing if you don't have to deal with that, but somebody's crying right now. The rest of us are laughing. Hallelujah. And I've never seen a successful marriage do that, yet people think they can do that with God. But it won't be successful. And honestly, it's a it'd be a miserable marriage. 
and it would be a miserable walk with God. So this is how we return to our first love. The Bible puts it best. Go back to your first works. If, you're, if you and your, well, I'm off of marriage counseling tonight. I preached 30, 28 minutes last week. I pitched, preached 52 this week, so we're good. It'll balance out over the year. There's some folks, they struggle in their marriage. And they, they fight and all that. Everybody fights. Don't think you're the only one. The devil make you think you're the only one. When's the last time you went on a date? Well, the kids. Get them a babysitter. Pay somebody. Say, pay some young person. They'll take your money. Well, the, the dog has to. Brother, the dog is going to die in a few years anyway. Just let it go. Go on a date. When's the last time you bought flowers if she likes flowers? My wife don't like flowers. They die. She likes Doc Martens and Vans, so I know what to do. Brother, you, I'm having fun, but this is really where some people, they, they miss the easy stuff. They've got the, they've got the, they, they think, man, oh, brother, you know, there's some brothers in the house of the Lord, you, ignorant doesn't mean stupid, just means you don't know. But there's some ignorant folk in the house of the Lord that think that, that the woman, when she says they want romance, that she wants flower petals. Brother, she wants you to take out the trash and do the dishes once in a while. I got some claps that she let you know. Amen. Amen. But you know, it's those simple things that if we'll do those things and go back to, you know, it's those compliments you used to give. Man, you looking good. Whew. All of a sudden, those simple acts, investments, it's going to change the heart condition as well. If you see your husband, you're like, there he go. <laughs> Back at it again. <laughs> you want to sit there? Because you're smelling the trash and you want him to take it out. You want to sit there. Can you take out the trash? You hadn't done it right away because you didn't give him a time frame. That's a key. Give him a time frame. Fine, I'll do it myself. Well, praise God. I didn't want to take it out anyways. Have fun. No. Whew, I'm having fun. But instead, it's looking at your husband like, man, he worked hard all day. He's probably tired. That doesn't mean the trash doesn't need to get taken out. Absolutely it does. But instead, it's I'm going to start treating you with the respect that I treated you with in the beginning. When all we saw was nothing but rose-colored glasses and eyes of love. And, you know, we control that. We control that. Nobody else controls that. What we do, amen, controls how we feel. What we do controls how we feel. Amen. It's no different in the kingdom of God. What we do controls how we feel. What I don't feel, God, what have you done for him lately? What have you invested? What I don't feel, God, have you lifted your hands? Well, see... I just don't know. I just don't know if they love me. Well, when's the last time you hold her hand, held her hand? I just don't. I haven't. <laughs> well, I just don't know. When's the last time you lifted your hands towards God? Not to get nothing out of him. Not because it's in the contract. Not because it's obligated. When's the last time uh, you opened up your checkbook and said, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the devourer or the curse. I'm going to write a check because God's been so good to me. When's the last time you said, you know what? Amen. I'm going to learn me a new talent because I see there's a need in the church and there's a deficiency that I could fulfill that need. You know, I, I may not be the best, but I'm the only one that's willing to do it. So. You watch as you change your actions, your heart will begin to change. When you change your actions, your feelings will begin to shift and begin to change. Somebody lift up your hand all across this building and let's pray. God, we need to go back. Come on, somebody needs to go back to Dayton. Amen. Hallelujah. What you did to get your spouse, you need to go back to some of those things that got your spouse. And what you did, amen, when you first lived for God, when you first got saved, you told everybody about Jesus. Go tell somebody about Jesus. When you first got saved, you couldn't help but lift up your hands with tears running down your face. What would happen if you started lifting up your hands and saying, oh God, I love you. You used to tell God how great he was. You used to worship him. But what would happen to your heart if you went back to those things Peter I want to open up this altar would you come come on that's it come on Jesus is saying come on love me to a deeper level
Come on, this year we're going deeper. Amen. How do you love God deeper? It goes back to action. It goes back to pattern. It goes back to processes. What are you doing? What are you doing for God? What are you saying about God? I love God. I love the church. What are you saying about God? What are you saying about the church? What are you doing for God? What are you doing in the church? Amen. I love God. I love God. Where are you investing? Where are you investing? If you're investing right, you love God. If you're not, it's time to check the pattern. Come on, that's it all across this building. God, there's some folks in this house that said, God, I want to love you. I really do. I want to love you. But, Lord, my pattern is not lined up with my profession. I profess love, but my pattern shows differently. God, I want to go back and fix the pattern. Come on, that's it all across this building. Let's pray. Come on, somebody think back to when you first got saved. You were excited to come and worship in the front. You were excited to go to prayer meeting. You were excited. Nobody could keep you out of church. You'd walk to church. You found rides to church. You rode the bus. Come on. There was no incentive needed. It was enough. But now God's blessed you. Now God's done things in your life. And what now? Where's your heart now? Go back to fidelity. Go back to fidelity. Serve me with your life now. He wants it all today. Bow down. Let go of your idols. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. Is it God that? over the earth searching for a heart that is desperate longing for a child that will give up their all give it all he wants it all he says love me love me Somebody get your eyes focused on the one. Solely focus on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. the building. Let's pray. Lord, help my pattern to line up with my profession. I say I love God with my whole heart. Now, God, help my pattern to line up with that. Come on, Peter, feed his sheep. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in the right things. over the earth 
searching for a heart that is desperate, longing for a child that will give from their own. He needs all. He wants it all. He says, "Love me, love me with your whole heart." He wants it all today. Serve me, serve me with your life now. He wants it all today. Bow down, let go of your idols. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. Pray all across this house. God's looking for your whole heart. Bow down, let go of your idols. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. Hallelujah. Somebody pray in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody in this building professes. They love Jesus, and I, I believe it, but that's between you and Jesus. God, I pray, let my pattern and my profession be one, God. Let there be singleness. Let there be connectivity, God. Let there not be a divided eye. Let my focus and my intent be on you, Jesus, and only you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.